for all, for all things ATL. ATL for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, follow every single episode, because we are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, that is Spotify, that's the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. So don't miss a single episode, because you have no reason to. Bo Morgan. Man, let's go ahead and get right into it. We're in the midweek now, and some developments have happened since we last spoke. We now know Monday, Cordero Patterson had a procedure on his knee, and he is now on the IR. He's going to miss at least four games, hopefully no more than that. Arthur Smith did say that he expects Cordero Patterson to to be back sooner rather than later, but what is your initial reaction, initial feeling to Cordell Patterson missing the next four games? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's tough because I think he is, he's really a guy that's kind of been the stir, the the straw to stir this offense, so to speak, Um, if I can get it out right. Uh, (laughs) I just think it, it's 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 not good. It, you know, he's a guy you could depend on. He was kind of a steady at the running back. I know that not a running back per se originally, but he's a guy that's turned into one, and he's really right. been a spark. He's been very consistent. He's done a really good job in that running back one position. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of lose that. Now you got to rely on basically uh a, well it, it, no no basically you're relying on a rookie uh a guy who's been converted to running back and Avery right. Williams um and then Caleb Huntley who's played one game in the NFL and <laughs> so it, it's 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 not a good it's not a great situation for a team that wants to run the ball now lucky enough those two guys two of those actually all three of those guys that we just mentioned had a big part in some way shape or form in Sunday's win over sure. the Browns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's how I feel about it. I, I'm not, I'm not like pumped, but I do feel better about it based on what those guys were able to do in Sunday's game. And so far this year, now Damian Williams is eligible to come off after uh, Sunday's game. So, but, okay. but, and again, doesn't mean you come off. It means right. you're able to come off. And so, you know, it's one of those situations where I could feel I would feel a lot better if 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 CP was not on the IR for the next four games. Exactly. CP is obviously our foundation when it comes to that running game. He just gives you a certain spark. He runs so hard. So, and, and him having that kick return, I've heard Arch talk about this on the broadcast. Him having that kick return background also helps him in the running game as well when he's toting the football in the backfield so there are a lot of things that just make cp different as a runner the his heart his energy that he runs with again his uh his background as a return man so again cp is the foundation like you said he's the straw that stirs the drink so there's no question about it that he's going to be missed however 
you do feel a little bit better. You, you obviously don't feel good about CP missing in this four games, but you do feel a little bit better about the situation after, like you said, you see what you saw last Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Tyler Algeo ran hard. Uh, he ran for 82 yards. Caleb Huntley, I mean, him and that offensive line carried you one drive, and that was a big drive. So, and Avery Williams had a big run as well. So, from what you saw from them lately, the last thing you saw from those three backs in Algier, Huntley, and Williams, they do help soften the blow a little bit, but it is still a big blow. Now, speaking of Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, I I think it's pretty safe to assume that they're going to be the two feature backs now that, um, at least for Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, when Damon, if, if Damian Williams comes back off the IR, like you said, he is eligible to come back after Sunday's game. Don't know if he will. But if he is, you expect to see a probably a nice load from him when he comes well, back. Well, hopefully. Damian hopefully. Williams is a guy that's been hurt a lot lately. Right. Though I, I don't know how much faith I have in him mm-hmm. coming back and staying healthy to, to, to the point. Uh, he's a guy that kind of worries you as far as what – because remember, he la- he's uh, – uh, <laughs> I was about to say something that was going to sound like I was blaming him for this, but he's a guy that his injury in week one kind of left you shorthanded right. because CP, because he got hurt early in that game and then CP had to take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know how much I am at this point, depending on Damian Williams to, to do, to really be a guy that takes a huge workload off these guys. And there's no, make no mistake about it. Avery Williams is more of a, yeah. Carry here or there, right? Throw a screen pass, some something like that. I mean, he's he's a he's a change of pace back compared to these other two guys. And to get and to get into that, how do you think? Because, like you just said, we believe it's safe to assume that Algier and Caleb Huntley are going to be the two guys, the two feature backs until CP comes back. How do you think the carries are divvied up? Do you think Algier gets more of the workload? Huntley gets more of the lo- workload. Do you think it's going to be more split? How do you think that ends up shaping out? Is it are, are, is Arthur Smith going to ride the hot hand? How do you think that shapes out? Well, I, I think I don't want to I don't want to kind of like dodge the question here or, or the mm-hmm. topic, but I, I think it could be all of all of the above. I think yeah. that you'll come out and Al- Algiers probably going to start the game as running back right. one. If people actually care about who's in to start a game these days, I could care less who starts the game at running back, defensive yeah, line, uh, wide receiver, and those kinds of things. I mean, offensive right. line. Uh, I mean, linebacker too, really. Um, yeah. Help, help some cornerbacks get a start depending on the package. So I think that's just an overlooked <laughs> stat these days. But sure. um, for me, I think Algier will probably start the game there uh, first series. And, uh, you know, you could see him in there in the second series as well. I, I, I think – they're going to try to use these guys and spell each other early in games and rotate around depending on what they want to do and what they feel like which each player is suited to do. I think Algier is a guy that's not going to catch a ton, but he can catch passes out of the backfield and mm-hmm. can I kind of help you there. So I think that could be dependent on it. But I do think you'll see some of riding a hot hand. I think you saw that Sunday. Uh, all of a sudden, they decide they're going to run the ball. You know, and you can hear the audio on uh, Atlanta Falcons social media where they have Coach Ben say, we're going to run the, uh, you know, uh, run this ball. And he goes off and sign, we're going to run the ball. We're, you be ready. We're yeah. going to run the ball. We're going to, we're going to, you know, shove it down these guys' throat. And Huntley right. came in and all of a sudden they're, they have that mentality and they are just, 
you know, part and seize, and Huntley benefited from it. Now, I'm not taking away from anything Huntley did. He ran hard. He was For breaking sure. tackles, you know, run after contact was mm-hmm. something he, he had some of. In fact, I need to see if I can find that stat, because I think that would be an interesting stat if I can pull it while we're, while we're talking. But, you know, at the end of the day, you see, you saw how these guys both have 10 carries. Mm-hmm. So I think that there there could be a point in the game where they do ride the hot hand. But right. I do, I would like to think, and I, and, and, I, and I tend to think that at some point in time, they're going to have this bait, they're going to have this kind of set up where, um, you know, the because we saw this hot hand stuff with CP, even without Jer there, where there sure. was, you know, he, the Seahawks, he had like 20-something carries, and mm-hmm. they get 17 in the week one against the Saints. So depending on the score and the situation, um, I, I think they're going to try to have these guys as close as they can if both guys are being effective. But if one guy is being more ineffective and then there's another guy being more effective, I, I, I very well think that they could ride the hot hand. I just think it's going to be – but situationally based. I think yeah. so much of the, the game these days is situation situationally based, you know, where if they're down 20, uh, 21 to, to, to seven uh, midway through the third quarter, they're probably going to try to fire at the passing game a little bit more. Um, right. That's not a terrible score at that point. So you can kind of stick to it, but depending on who's been more effective in the game that day is might be where they go. So score does affect a lot of that as well. I'm glad you brought up the passing game. That's a perfect transition because we have been running the ball a lot, which is great. I love the fact that we have finally gotten an identity again. Well, maybe gotten identity isn't the right phrase to use because when we had Matt Ryan, our identity was we were going to pass the football and we were going to hit Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu when he was near all those guys. But I do like the fact that we've added that smash mouth running aspect to our game because I feel like we didn't have that as a football team for some years. So I'm glad we have that aspect back. However, now that Matt Ryan is gone, it does seem like, you know, we have gotten away from the past a little bit, which is okay. You know, we, we, we've become more balanced. You know, Arch has been talking about on the broadcast, you know, we've been, you know, 12 pass, 12 run, you know, we've been very balanced. But with that, some production has been taken away from, a certain number four overall pick who a lot of people have been, you know, wanting to see and wanting to see more production out of. And we we saw that a little bit in the Seattle game and everybody was happy. You know, we saw a good mix of Drake London, a good mix of Kyle Pitts. So everybody was happy. Now, go back to the Cleveland game last Sunday. We didn't see that much of Kyle Pitts. So are you getting worried about what the production could look like and what the production is looking like for Kyle Pitts this season. Because, you know, it's been kind of spotty so far. Has a nice little game, then he kind of disappears. Has a nice little game, then kind of disappears. I think the key is what you just said, though. Everything is situational. The run game was working. We stick with the run. But are you at all getting concerned about what we've seen from number eight through the first four games? No, uh, no, not really. I mean, there's been a couple of things route wise, and you know, I've mm. talked with some people about, and the probably the thing that makes me the the the, the most concerned is there still seems to be times where he can't get two feet down. 
mm-hmm. when there's a pass on the sideline. And to me, that's something as a second year in a pro, and you're an all-pro player, essentially, or a Pro Bowl player at least, I think you got to be better and be able to mm-hmm. accomplish that. But no, because this is year two, and Kyle Pitts is no longer this, you know, it's just a rookie draft pick. Right. This is a guy who caught, what, uh, I think, 60 something balls, 70 balls last year. Um, mm-hmm. It's a guy that is, uh, you know, is a, is a thousand yard receiver. Right. You know, it's not, uh, he's, he, you know, he's, he caught 68 passes last year. He's not just uh, uh, an, uh, an unknown. And by the way, mm-hmm. you want me to read his stats for his first four games last year? Oh, let's, let's read them. Let's compare. Let's do it. Eight targets, four receptions, 31 yards, game one. Okay. Six targets, five receptions, 73 yards, game two. No uh-huh. touchdowns in any of those. Right. Three targets, two catches, week three. Mm-hmm. 35 yards. Week four, nine targets, four catches, 50 yards. So, he had, um, I'm not a, a mathematician, but that's 85 mm-hmm. Uh, 106, and then another 71. So he had 177 yards. Look at Bo Morgan. With, like, up, Can we take a minute for Bo Morgan and a quick math on his feet? Look at Squid Billy. I see you. I see you. So, so that's what he had last year, right? Through uh, four games. Okay, 177. Yeah. So this year, uh, hang with me. Hold on. Uh, there we go. This year, through four games, mm-hmm. it has 10 catches, 150 yards. That's about right on par. So Less what's catches, so different? But the yardage is there. What's so different? We're winning, too. We're 2-2 two and two this year in that yeah. clip, you know? Last yeah. year, you were 1-3. Um, so yeah. I, I just don't get it. Uh, Dylan, I, I I do. I understand it, but <laughs> you're running the ball in an excessive clip right now. Right, you've got another target out there in Drake London. Yet we're obsessed with things that have nothing to do as a fan base with the product on the field as far as winning. Mm-hmm. This is a fantasy foot. You know, Arthur Smith nailed this when he's like, "This isn't fantasy football," and he was right. Um, they're not just going to force feed the guy. There's other. Th- mm-hmm. They literally are the – let me fully – I got it right here. They are the fourth best rushing attack in the NFL at this point in the Pretty season good. with 168 yards a game, okay? Mm. 168 yards a game. Compare that with – they're the 28th best passing offense in the league. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a Marcus Mariota won't throw it to Kyle Pitts and he's not good enough. This is a we're running the ball more, and we're running the ball. Now, it wasn't a great week last week for passing and, for, you know, for the passing offense. But this is more about they're just running the football more, and they're running it more effective, and they're in games, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Matt, you're going away from the Matt Ryan offense, but the offensive line is more suited to run the ball. The, the right. offense has just evolved more into what they want to do. So I'm not really worried. I'm really not. I mean – Last week was concerning because you didn't run, you didn't throw the ball well at all with anyone. Right. Uh, Drake London didn't run great routes. That was one of the interception. 
Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that. He had a he didn't run a great route, and I think even Tiki Barber talked about it. I know we talked about it on the broadcast. Right. Tiki Barber talked. You know, Denzel Ward ran the route for him. He did. That was on a, it. Was an interception. Everybody wanted to put it on Marcus. Not necessarily mm. the case. Nope. Um. But 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 but. You know, we're just our identity is changing, and this 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 fan base is kind of struggling with that. So now I'm not worried. I think Kyle will get his when we need it, and when he when you know when when it's most needed. But I do think the fact that our identity is changing, they're playing him differently now. I think all of those things are a factor. You know what's funny to me? What's funny to me is <laughs> what's funny to me is like people wanted Matt Ryan to leave, right? And they, you know, they talked about they wanted to be able to run the ball, you know, have a mobile quarterback, this, that, and the third. They wanted change. Now we give them change, and people don't like it. As it, you, some people on this fan base, not everybody, and I think some people eventually people will come around. But there's some people on this Atlanta Falcons fan base who just you won't, you you can't win, you won't make them happy. You, you throw the ball a whole bunch of times with Matt Ryan and you have a prolific passing game, no, nah, you don't You don't like it. You want a mobile quarterback. You want this, that, and the third. Well, I, t- I tweeted it. Uh-huh. I tweeted I t- exactly, you're exactly right. I tweeted this the other day. I said, I'm old enough to remember when fans complained we didn't run the ball enough and all we did was throw the ball. Now we run what? the ball more. Oh, but we don't throw enough. <laughs> Just throw your hat in there, Bo. Just throw, you can't win, man. Can't win. Can't win. Oh man! I mean, but, but you yeah, got I mean, a good point, though. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. All we wanted to do was get rid of Matt. We wanted a guy that could run around a little bit more. We wanted to run the ball more. We wanted to control. Went up front. You're winning up front, both sides of the ball. You're running the ball more. Yeah, the fourth um, best, like you said, the fourth best rushing offense right now. And fourth and, best and, rushing game. And by the way, don't tell me that Cleveland was this and Cleveland was that. That was the seventh uh, best rushing attack. In the uh, uh, rushing defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, they were only giving up 83 yards. Now it was only through three games, but they were only giving up 83 yards. So a game, and you ran it down right. their throat. You outrushed them, and they came in as a number one rushing attack on their side of the ball. So, you know that was what was fun to me. Oh and, yeah, and we haven't overly. We went out there, or we played a game where the Falcons beat another team at their own game. Yes. And how often have we not been able to do that where teams came in here and beat us in our in our own game by throwing the ball around and, and you know, like you talked about with Matt Ryan? That's why it was so rewarding for me to say, hey, we beat Cleveland at Cleveland's game. And you know what's reward? You talk about rewarding. You know what's rewarding to me? Being able, coming into this matchup, Cleveland know we were going to run the ball. And guess what? They weren't able to stop it. We did it anyway. They knew what we were going to do, Bo, and we still did it, and we still did it better than them, and we still did it effective enough to the point where we won the game. They knew what we were going to do. They knew what they wanted to do to stop it, and they still couldn't stop it. That's what Atlanta Falcons fans should really be excited about, and that's what they should be talking about, the fact that we they knew we wanted to come in, hit them in the mouth, run them over, and they knew that. They still couldn't stop it, though. They still couldn't stop it. So that's what I think Falcons fans should be talking about and should be most excited about. But we're talking about Kyle Pitts and fantasy football and all that other good stuff. So what are you going to do? But let's get into this, too. Now, in the beginning, I'm starting to come around. 
I'm not sure if I'm all the way around yet, but we're definitely getting there. In the beginning, I wasn't too sure about how many games this Atlanta Falcons football team would win. You, though, you saw the vision from the beginning, Bob Morgan. I got to give you credit. You said this this football team could be. You didn't say they definitively were, I don't think. But you said this team could be a double-digit win football team. Now, when you start to play with double-digit wins, you start talking about the playoffs. Is this Atlanta Falcons football team a realistic playoff team in your eyes, Bo? Uh, you know, I, I've thought about this. I've always thought that they could get seven to ten wins because I thought this roster was better. I thought the quarterback play, um, offensive line, defense. Coaching. Coaching is good, too. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I've always thought highly of this coach. Well, let me rephrase this. I have thought highly of this coaching staff since I've been around, you know, after being around them last year. Right. And seeing what they did with – last year, the Falcons legitimately had a bottom five roster in the NFL. Oh, dreadful. Dreadful. And it was basically, in my eyes, it was coming into the year, it was Ridley, Matt, Jay, Jay. Dion. And AJ. Grady. Yeah. Grady. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Grady. That, that was a big miss by me there. And I thought this year, and then, and then Kyle kind of took the place of Ridley. Right. And Lindstrom played good at times, but also he had some moments last year. Right. And I don't know how much of that was, you know, Tennessee. But anyways, so they still won seven games. And I don't mm-hmm. think they were eliminated until January 2nd in Buffalo. Correct. Correct. So, that being said, I, I, um, I do think this team has a chance. I mean, you, the rest of this division, you, you should be three. You should be no worse than three and one right now. You should. You should. Be. Right. Uh, but I think that maybe that was an important lesson to learn that game against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, and in this this week is going to be a huge test. This is a Super Bowl yes. contender, or, or we were led to believe coming into the season they were. <laughs> and so this is going to be something that really helps make how this team competes. And then you got, you know, you're going to have teams like San Francisco and Cincinnati coming up, all games that you need, you can prove your worth. I yep. do though. I do think this team could be at the very worst, in you know eliminated again late in the season. Now, I think a lot of that depends on how Marcus plays. There's Mm -hmm. no – I'm not going to say it in sugar, but you need better play for Marcus. Right. But he's not the only guy you need better play from. So, I I think this team could absolutely be in the running for a playoff spot. And, honestly, I'm excited to kind of see what we could do. Yeah. I I think – you know, we have to understand this team is still young. But, yeah, I do. I don't want to get ahead of my skis, but I always thought that. I told you that. I said this at the beginning of the, the podcast. You did. The very first episode, which was basically our, our end of the season, season preview. Mm-hmm. I always thought this team could, could be in a, a playoff contention spot. So, there's nothing wavering on me now. Like, I'm not wavering on that. I I do think this team could compete. Now, you got to continue to grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. And this, this Cordero Patterson injury could be big. Could, could be. 
never know. But yeah, I do. I mean, don't you? Yeah, I. To be honest, you you said it. There was a lot riding on next week. Not only because it's a battle for first place in the division, but because now you have some questions that really need to be answered. Question number one. How does Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley respond? Does this running game take a dip now that Cordero Patterson is gone? Because, again, we talked about in the beginning. He's been the straw that stirs the drink. Do we have other straws? Can we still stir the drink without CP? That's a question. Number two, Marcus Mariota. Again, we will go as far as he takes us. Because while other positions you have to play better, Marcus, we're really going to need Marcus because if he can, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be amazing. He doesn't have to be Matt Ryan. He just has to be the best version of Marcus Mariota. I'm not sure we've gotten that yet, which is okay. He's sat out two years. You know, I understand all of that. However, how does he show up in a big game? You know, we had a scare last week. It didn't hurt us, but we had a scare. Can we not get, can we not get any more scares? You know, as we move forward, a mistake is going to happen. I understand all that. But next week, can we can we not get any scares? Can we not get any almost lost fumbles? You know, things like that. So there are some questions that need to be answered. How does this football team measure up against, like you said, a playoff contending, potentially Super Bowl contending team? They got Mike Evans back. I don't know what's going on with Julio. I'm not even going to lie. I don't know if he's hurt, injured, whatever. Anywho, they, they have a very good defense. So... How does this team respond against a playoff contending team? You know, New Orleans, we, we thought they were a playoff contender in the beginning. Eh, they might not be so great now. And I know Jameis is hurt, and I understand all that too. However, this team is a real deal. You're going up against that dude. You're going against Tom Brady. How do you respond? This is a huge, huge test to, you know, I'm starting to come around, but this week I could go right back and be like, okay, they'll be fun this year, but, you know, I don't know about playoffs. So we'll see. But, this week, Bo Morgan is a huge, huge test, but I'm excited because whether or not they go to the playoffs, I know one thing. This team is going to give their best. They're going to play hard, and they're going to be exciting to watch every single week. And they're not. This team is not going to get blown out. Well, I, look, let's 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 address what I think is uh, one of the things that you know we, we're starting to come around to. Mm-hmm. But this defense, we harped on this defense early, early, early right. about the red mm-hmm. zone efficiency yep. and about how they were giving up touchdowns in the red zone going into the week against um against Seattle they were giving 87 and a half percent of the time touchdowns were being allowed in the red zone right and now that's changed significantly I mean going into last week it was um 69 percent right. and they've even brought it down more now it's down to 62 percent. So, in fact, the last two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, it's around somewhere around 38%. So oh, that's wow. a huge jump. The yeah. defense is starting to play. The defense is really helping you beat this a team that is not, you know, when the offense struggles, you're not getting down big. They're holding And AJ Terrell bounced back in a big way, locking down Amari Cooper. Just yeah. to throw that in there. Which is, yeah, 200 yard games going into last week. Mm-hmm. We talked about that last week. Um, yep. and we talked about it uh, on Monday. Yep. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is this team might be getting in a spot where the, they're, they're going to go as the defense goes as well. 
When yeah. defense plays well, they're going to be – they're going to the, – the games, they're always going to be either up or right there. Good defenses can make a big difference. This team did not have a good defense last year, and it's why you only won seven games because the offense at times was good enough. Now the defense is getting there too. Good defense will make playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying they can, but I don't think – I mean, that 2-15 two, two and 15 garbage – I think that that I think we're about to blow that out of the water in the next couple of weeks easily. Mm-hmm. Vegas Hopefully about to be hurt Sunday, <laughs> exactly. And I'm gonna say something that I said to Chris Goforth and Harper LaBelle back in the studio, I think a few weeks ago. This team, and obviously the the talent is very different. You know, the the 16 team has a lot more talent, but this team honestly reminds me a lot of the 16 team. Now, I'm not saying this team's going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong on that. However, this team reminds me a lot about the 16 team. You didn't have the greatest offensive line in the world, but you had a really good center in Alex Mack. And I know our center isn't really good in Drew Dahlman, but you have other really good pieces on the offensive well, line. Well, Drew Dahlman is pretty solid. Hey, does that, mm-hmm. now, Drew Dahlman has made some bad snaps, but he's been pretty solid yeah. in his yeah. protection. So The whole I, yeah. offensive line has been solid. That yeah. whole offensive line has been solid. Elijah Wilkinson is coming really good. Like you said, Drew Dahlman hasn't been bad. And, you know, Chris Lindstrom, we know about him. He's had some elite play. And uh, Caleb McGarry, had, again, we, we talked about him before. He's slowly maybe starting to earn his, a second contract with the Falcons, which, you know, was kind of questionable coming into the year. So the offensive line play has been solid. We have a really good running back in, in Cordell Patterson who's hurt. But, you know, we had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Maybe when Cordell comes back, we'll have that Cordell and Tyler Algier. I'm not going to say they're like Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, but my point is this: we had a scrappy, bend-don't-break defense that were opportunists. Now the pass rush is probably better because, you know, Vicks Beasley had, you know, 16 sacks, led the league in sacks. I don't know if we're going to have that. But still, this team and just their mentality and how they play and how they go about their business – it reminds me of the 16 team. The offense isn't as good. I understand all that. But this team, it just it has some it has some qualities like the 16 team. Talent isn't there, but just the way they go about their business a little bit. It, it kind of reminds me of the 16 team. Yeah, I think what you're referencing is how there wasn't a lot of expect expectations. Right. Um, started the season off with a disappointing loss at home, and then all of a sudden. They started feeling it. They they bonded together. They they started feeling feeling it, and mm-hmm. boom! It, it was fun and just kind of took off. This this team's fun. It is one thing that I think cannot be said enough is how much fun this team has been through four weeks. Fun to watch. No game has been the same. They've nope. all been adventures, um, <laughs> and. And and they've all been they've all been just nonstop for sixty minutes, and that is what has been exciting to watch, and that's why this team has been so much fun. And the sixteen team was very fun themselves. So I don't want to. I'm not like I'm not gonna. I I am hesitant to go there because of um you know that sixteen team was very talented. I was there for every minute of every thing with that team, and it was mm-hmm. it was one of the greatest all. Offenses ever, yeah. But look, there's no, there's no secret that it that it was a fun team, and this team is very fun as well. So, um, you know, it, it's not a, 
it's not a overreach to say this team can be, you know, is exciting playing for something like right. that. I mean, you know, say whatever you want. It's it's not necessarily a, a stretch. Yeah, so I think this team be real fun to watch again. I'm not saying this team is going to the Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that, but this team will be fun to watch. They're going to play hard every week, and again. I don't think any game they play this season, they're necessarily going to get blown out. Now, you might have a bad day here and there, so we can expect that. But still, this team is going to be fun all season long. And I think they they could make a deep run, like you said. It may be a situation where maybe they do make a playoff push, and maybe at the lower end they get eliminated sometime in January like last year. But we shall see. It all starts this week, a very big matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Raymond James Stadium. So, we will see what happens there. Big measuring test for the Atlanta Falcons. But that will do it for this edition of Peace Street Football. So make sure you guys like this podcast. Download every single episode. Follow the podcast as well. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcast, Spotify, the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peace Street Football is there. So. For Bo Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews signing off one time again. We will talk to you guys on Friday, and we will give you a full preview on Falcons versus Bucks, a match, a game for first first place in the NFC South. But until we talk to you guys next time, rise up. Rise up. H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-L H-E-L 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 H-E